0: This Chad and Cheese exclusive HR tech podcast is sponsored by Jobcase. Jobcase is on a mission to empower hourly workers to achieve work-life success. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the words of a Jobcase customer. Jobcase, there is no one like them. The urgency, the communication, the data, the scalability by brand and by location. The niche versus the standard. They get it all. Jobcase understands our business and the deliverables of high-volume hiring teams. Cat Barcelona, senior recruiter, Whole Foods Market. How can Jobcase help your company, your clients, or even partners? Check them out at jobcase.com hire. That's jobcase.com h-i-r-e.
2: What's up everybody, HR Tech 2019, let's give it up to this rowdy third day hungover crowd. Very nice. Uh, We are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. For those of you that don't know, we cover the industry on a weekly basis. We do a lot of other fun content. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. I am Chad Sowash. Is your mic on? Is my, you can give me a little bit more. Hot mic. Give me more. Oh, there it is. And uh, hey, back I'm, there su- me up. I'm, I'm surprised a lot of return visitors from yesterday's show, which we were going to do the same content and we said, no, that's not going to work. So we wanted to bring on a special guest. So everyone give it up to hiring solved former SourceCon head. Jeremy, you're looking at me like I'm doing this wrong. No, you're, you're doing do well. You want to take it no, over? You're doing well. <laughs> All right. Jeremy, do you have a nickname? You need a nickname, I think. I don't have
1: one. The, what Let's not do it off the fly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. Like no, a I mean, racing Cap Raymer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what it is. All right. Young uh, guys. Because it's the third day and we're taking it easy, we're just going to tap open some Guinness for today. Uh, we have a few extras if anyone's interested. And to make it more enticing, these are actually from Ireland. That's
0: right. Shane Gray from Clinch. Can I get I- a hands oh, up for anyone that talent. wants a
2: Dublin... Guinness. Yep. Is Shane here? Shane, he's outside. He's, yeah. There we go. Who wants a beer? What's here for? Guinness? Anyone?
0: Any- She's where's even Barry? wearing a shirt. My name is Shauna Williams. Barry! I am- where's, where's Barry at? Barry wants a beer. No, he's over there talking, selling shit. Russell? From Dublin, dude.
2: Come on now. He's still on coffee. All right, all right. Uh, so everyone knows who we are, obviously. Um, that's really good. That is good. Give us the elevator pitch on you, Jeremy.
1: Uh, my name's Jeremy Roberts. I'm the VP of Customer Experience with Hiring Solved. Uh, I've been in recruiting since about 2002. I started off in the agency world and um, then moved into corporate. I, I started some sourcing functions with different companies. My my last job, I was uh, my last recruiting job. I was a sourcing manager for a large RPO and um, had a team of about 25. and And then I moved over to SourceCon and I was the SourceCon editor and conference organizer for about three and a half years. And um, from there, I I made the transition to the HR tech side and and started working with Hiring Solved, so.
2: Anyone not know SourceCon? Sourcing candidates, okay, good. So, we wanted to bring on Jeremy because there's some really hot issues going on right now with privacy, GDPR, data, profiles, collecting data from all over the web. Um, I want a little bit of a historical perspective of what sourcing data used to look like simplified and then yeah. we'll get into like the dark world that it has become but I want to set the stage for what uh 2013 looked like in in terms of going out on the internet and getting data.
1: Yeah, no, that's excellent. So basically when when I started in recruiting, you know, it was it was I remember being in you know the office and we had actually we would print Files and resumes. We had what we called back files, just huge file cabinets full of resumes. File wow, cabinets. There was not a lot yeah, of electronic back, back in the
0: file cabinet
2: on. days. Do you have and folders full for- of women too?
1: I fast forward, and then we had um, you know LinkedIn started, and there there started to be a lot more data online. So then when when I joined as a SourceCon editor, throw this. You don't want to throw this. In, to throw this. When, when I joined SourceCon as an editor in 2013, it was a very manual process. So we were showing people how to go find a profile on a social or professional site and then how to find... Google query type stuff. Right, right. and how how to use Boolean to find all that person's other social presence and then kind of construct this unified profile and then go find their contact information. If you couldn't find it, how do you guess it? But it was a very manual process. So then in about 2012, 2013, the people aggregator movement started. And then I remember we did a panel at the first SourceCon I organized in Seattle in 2013, and Sean Burton from Hiring Solved was there. They were launching their first version of Hiring Solved, and then we did a panel. Um, people on the panel included like John Bischke from Intello and um, Pete Kazanji from Talent Bin, and then we had Dice Open Web. Uh, Shravan Goli was there, and then um, there were a couple more. So there, there were a lot of aggregators at that point. And um, they were all doing the same thing. They were just crawling for public information about people, creating profiles, and selling it. And at that point, I mean, if you could match a GitHub profile to a LinkedIn profile and a Twitter profile, everybody was excited, right? And then if you could find a phone number, they were really excited. Oh, yeah. You know, so so it, it was pretty innocent at that point. And, um, that point, and there was what, a market
2: for it. When did LinkedIn sort of, Look at this automation thing and say, nah, we're not for that, or we're not happy about that." Like, tell, talk about the early days of sort of LinkedIn's reaction to the the aggregation automation game.
1: Yeah, so I um. I started to see them. I mean, right about this time, they were at every conference I organized. There were, they were in the audience, kind of listening to what sourcers and recruiters were doing. And I would write an article, and then all of a sudden, a URL would change. You know, and oh, that changed the URL pattern. Now that wait, doesn't wait, work wait. anymore. Huh. What URL would change? Well, so like if you would teach someone how to do something on a social network, okay, social network, U- and then URL you publish patterns,
0: it, right? Patterns, yeah, you, yeah. So
1: you say, okay, write your search query like this based right. on this URL pattern, and <laughs> magically the URL patterns would change. Right? So I started I started to notice that in, like, 2013. So that's your whack so the, the first whack-a-mole yeah. was sort of that, right? Well, if you remember, like, back when Shally would release, like, his job machine, you know, like, they would release their cheat sheets, those things would work for years. You know, you would... You would print them and pass them around the office, and then you yeah, could use that used those. Used to be his
2: business card. Yeah, you was... could use
1: those Google queries for years. Now, I mean, pretty much every company with public information they change their URL structure and kind of the way everything is out there. So those break in a week or two. Okay, you, know, you could never, never circulate something like that for very long.
2: All right, so uh, the dawning of the automation game starts. LinkedIn's you know isn't happy about it. Starts doing some basic. Uh, whack-a-mole i think everybody did yeah
1: everybody did. this was
2: around the time because intello's original model was we're going to look at linkedin activity and say someone is about to leave the company right so they just updated their profile uh, they added something or they're searching for stuff so like linkedin really early said this isn't cool and intello had to change their business model um am i correct
1: on that i have no idea on intello's okay business model I seem to remember but, I covered their but, launch but, yeah, and it was I something do, like that I, I, I do think like there were a lot of people who would say they're going to watch everything going on socially to make those kinds of predictions yep I don't think any of them I don't, I don't think the people who are not the owner of that data are, are doing a great job of making predictions based off social data Gotcha. But,
2: so at, w- at some point in this you guys had some legal I know you weren't there with the company yeah, at that point I was,
1: yeah, I was, was, was some legal stuff it. talk about that so I was covering it from the SourceCon perspective, and there are a couple of good articles, and there's Matt Charney wrote one uh, on Recruiting Daily, and then I had some on, on SourceCon, and there's an interview I did with Sean before I worked at Hiring Solved right after the case settled. So that, if if you could go find those, that would be and What awesome. were they mad about? Um, due to the, you know, basically, they just don't want people crawling their Their, their site. site. And and repurposing the data. Hello. You know, so. um, You guys settled out of court. Right. It was. Terms not to be disclosed. Due to the terms of our legal settlement, I can't go into a lot of detail, but. Um, the one of my favorite things about hiring Salt. This was before I worked there. Um, they had to destroy the servers, and they actually went to the desert as a part of the settlement. They had to destroy the servers, and instead <laughs> of just deleting the data, like they, Office Space, they went to the like desert and yeah. blew it up with yeah. military grade C4, weapons. Yeah, it C4. was it was pretty awesome, and so so that was that was a pretty neat Take way to that do that.
0: Goddamn fax but, machine
1: out to the desert. Yeah, so the birth of more sites
2: like this come about right you, we have seekout hiretool uh, i could i mean you could go on and on yeah. no it it's gotten and, and really then, popular and then there's there's a case with hiq a, a site that does that similarly and then they currently won again against linkedin to basically have these profiles available to to scrape and use What's sort of your take on that legal uh, decision is does LinkedIn give a shit they're just gonna keep whack-a-mole and make it harder and harder to scrape uh, is we'll get to a point where the data is already there so no one cares anyway but talk about the the, the case with Haiku, what LinkedIn's status is now uh, where are the other companies that are scraping data how they feel about this and this uh,
1: you know this decision yeah so well first off I want to. Can I go back and then if I don't answer the question? You're our guest, man. You can do whatever you want. So I want to go back a little bit. So 2013, it was pretty innocent. Everybody's just gathering this information, creating unified profiles, adding contact information, and selling it. Right? That was just. It was new. It was exciting, and everybody was excited about whatever you could provide them. Um, fast forward, you know, there are all kinds of data breaches on the Internet. And then, wow, these Chrome extensions, right after that big data breach that was in the news, there are a bunch more email addresses uh-huh. in the Chrome extension out of Poland, right, or wherever, right? And so um, as as this has happened, um, the data is becoming more and more commoditized. Um, if you guys have been paying attention to the news, there's a file that was found... Um, on AWS with 400 million cell phone numbers from Facebook, right? That tied
0: so, a, They tied to profiles, right? They tied, tied to profiles tied directly. So
2: directly to profiles. Just numbers. Let me repeat not, the not just phone numbers. 400 million. 400, 400. So
1: that means your cell phone 325 numbers.
2: 325 million Americans. Thanks, have been, have been
1: Facebook. Right? So not this guy's fuckers. So um, so anyway, but what I'm the point of this is, this was because of. It, it was a bug in the system. Basically, if you tried to if you put a phone number in, it would say yes, this phone number belongs to this profile, and and this person. It would show the person's face, and then you can match that with a LinkedIn profile. So now you know the number associated with that profile. And there are about 600 million phone numbers in the U.S. So you could write a script and bring back every phone number and which profile it's associated with um, in a very short amount of time. And so at Hiring Solved, we knew about that. Irina Shamayva, if you guys know Irina, made that Made that. You know, she basically Publix. pointed it out to everybody yeah, that yeah. that was possible. So HiringSolved knew how to automate that, um, and we never did anything with it, just because ethically it's a little odd. You know, uh, there are kids' numbers in there, and you can't control what what people do with it. So well, taking stolen data, it. And it's not it's, stolen it it's just public it's public just public right? but it, it's kind of a gray area i don't think uh, yeah i don't think there was anything illegal about it it was a it was a bug what was you know? it wasn't illegal right
0: man that just doesn't feel
1: right it doesn't it doesn't feel right yeah. and so situations like this have in my opinion made data public information like this it's a very commoditized marketplace so what you know at this point we've got the early people to the the game in 2013 the talent bin Tello hiring solved we were all kind of doing it on a more innocent level at this point it's gotten it's gotten a little bit shady you know and the ones who win are going to be doing things that others might not feel comfortable with you know and the good news for the consumer is the price is going to go down you know everybody imagine all the people who heard about that file and are hacking away building a chrome extension right now in some little apartment yeah, you know, in, yeah. in the Soviet, you everybody's know, doing Soviet it. Either, yeah, I, right? I think I think so, that's an
2: important that's an important message is that developers, hackers, whatever you want to call them, around the world now know how to create databases with this information of phone cell numbers profiles data oh, where yeah. you work all that information well, there
1: was a business insider article it's, about it i mean that, and that's
2: a mainstream publication that's not some hacker black yeah. you know black hat and stuff and
1: then on, i think it was hacker so, news there was a how
2: to crawl every so are, we gonna, are we going to are we going to see an influx of these tools of chrome extensions and sites that you can search all this data for whatever
1: purpose you want. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Okay. I would say there are a bunch So the price
2: is going to go down. Okay, so for the companies in this expo hall that make their living on that data, huh? As that gets commoditized, where you at uh, you know, prices get cheaper but so do profits. Profits gets gets less, yeah, right? So a lot less. Not only, <laughs> Margin. Not only your own company. I mean, you're in this. You're in this universe as well. Your decision of what to do about it is is one thing. But as a whole, are we going to see more solutions here at HR Tech for finding data? Or are we going to start seeing less because there's no money in it?
1: I think you'll see less. I think they're going to start to disappear. So the the great thing about being an early entrant to the space. So our founder. Um, our founders are, you know, when, when they gathered, we had about 500 million profiles starting in about 2012. And so they connected those to neural networks. And so our algorithms have been learning from that data since 2012, right? When I joined in 2016, we were complete, all of our revenues came from selling data. And so, but the algorithms used to manage that data were getting smarter and smarter. And then, so today, luckily, we've transitioned our business model to where we're using the algorithms, the search and match and, you know, find me, you know, here's the job description, which person is best for this job based on all of these profiles. I mean, it's trained on those 500 million profiles, but now our revenues, you know, the majority of our revenues come from enterprise data so large ATS and CRM systems and matching and managing that data. So we're no longer dependent on data sales. So it's it's great to say the, as...
0: Big data is everywhere. Everybody has yeah, it's, big data. Everybody so, uh, again, has it again, now. Again, you can't make money off of it. So therefore, you guys are looking to make a smarter way, or you are making a smarter way yeah. to, to to make that match against right. the job description versus all
1: the... Kingdoms. The job description... V- yeah. Using all of your ATS. So you've got three million in your ATS, 500,000 in your CRM. and well, you've your got database. A cu- Two million from a uh, legacy ATS. Gotcha, yeah. So which is the best from all these candidates you already own? Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's what we're using it for now. Gotcha. Now,
2: so. You guys have a really popular solution called Profit uh, that's a Chrome extension that a lot of people use. What's are you guys going to keep that around? Like, what's the future of that?
1: I think it's safe to say that we'll be moving on from that. Really, in the in the very near future, we'll take care of clients with contracts. But I think, as you know, as other tools get r- deeper and richer with data that we're not willing to use, you know, it's like money. How many, that how hasn't many sources been use
2: Profit right now?
1: How many people use Profit? Yeah. Um, I think fifty thousand per month. That's good. Okay, there might users. be a few pissed off users. Well, the most of them use it for free, so. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> Fuck I mean, I. It, it, but uh, you know, I think that there will be other alternatives. I mean, if you're just going after phone numbers and um, email addresses, you know, I, I think um, there are going to be quite a few alternatives. You know.
2: Let's talk about uh, the privacy, the regulation side of things, right? So, uh, last year, Europe implemented GDPR, which were some really strict privacy rules. What, what was your company's response to that? What does that mean for sourcing there? Uh, in the new California rule, that's as close to GDPR as we have in the States. Yeah. And do you have any predictions for what the United States will do uh, to follow GDPR? Are we gonna be independent from that, uh, separate from that? What are your predictions there?
1: Yeah, well, first off with this goes back to the public information thing. I mean, so if you follow GDPR to a T on the public information side, it's it's really risky. I mean, it's there's there's a lot of rights, you know, so holding that information being the, you know, the the controller of that information is is a pretty risky thing. Um, And it also it, it creates you know you have to get an opt-in to 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 deal you know there there's a lot there's a lot around that so it makes the public information piece even more difficult um and then when you're dealing with um ats and crm data um it makes it a lot more um of something that we can handle because we're just the data processor in that situation so So we have uh, a ton of what was was
2: your company's response to gdpr I th- Our, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have, um, we're GDPR compliant. And um, basically, I, I'm i going blank on the, I, w- I was in the. So, now, so the,
2: we interviewed Sean last year at, your, at yeah. your annual event. And he announced that, I think it was 29 million profiles that you just said really? they're gone. Because yeah. we're not going to uh-huh. deal with. This stuff.
1: Yeah, we we did we we deleted uh, them and um and just didn't even want to fight that fight. So other you know other did other people,
2: vendors follow suit.
1: No, better? I mean I think there were some that they would you know hey here's a profile and then you would click on it and um it would that be fight like, is still going to be fought here yeah, in so the U.S. right. So I mean it'll happen here too. Yeah, yeah. So is be... that going to
0: be a just a public dump of all your your data and then then you're just going to serve off of the ATS data or the client data?
1: Yeah. I mean eventually that's why we're moving more towards if, that's luckily the algorithms are trained we're having success and yeah. So so yeah, we would we would eventually we're in a position to walk away from it now. Right, right, right. right, know, right. Absolutely. So do
0: you think do you think other companies will actually follow that lead because this is this is really
1: kind of a if story. they have a, if like at this point we're not dependent upon that that revenue data. stream anymore right, right. you know so we can do it right now and we been working hard to make that trend. When I joined in 2016, that was my biggest anxiety Uh because I had been at SourceCon reading about GDPR and kind of hearing all of this. And I knew that that we needed to evolve. I call it an evolution instead of a pivot because we didn't ever turn. We just kept growing forward. Doing the same thing. You're just, yeah. And so at at this point, now that we don't depend on those revenues, we could turn it all off today and it wouldn't affect us. I think people coming into the space right now within the last two years, um, crawling GitHub and and get selling phone numbers and things like that. I mean, if if their revenue stream is 80 percent dependent upon selling data, they're going to have a hard time making the transition.
0: So the seekouts of the world. I mean, they are totally off of LinkedIn and and GitHub. I mean, that's that's where they get all their data, and it's all public data. I don't believe. I don't believe they have their own database, right?
2: Yeah, I think all those companies that are, you know, funded in here and exhibiting and yeah. l- l- real companies are gonna have to follow your example of how do we survive a world where this is a commodity?
0: Especially if I'm making where money this
2: is just illegal. doing that, yeah. Because to me, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, if anything close to GDPR hits the US, that thing, that's an asteroid to, to the industry of sourcing automation.
1: Right? Well, it becomes an opt-in world. I mean, it's it's back to job boards.
2: <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> you hear that, job boards? You're back, baby. You're coming yeah. back. You're coming back. Yeah. No, builder can't hear us. Uh, boards they're, back. They're, they're in the yeah. front corner. Yeah. 10 by 10 booth yeah. in the far corner. And, there,
0: and there's only one of
2: them there this yeah, morning. Yeah, there's I'm only sure. one of them yeah. there today. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean... Does does LinkedIn ultimately is are they the biggest winner in this? Because everyone that's on LinkedIn chose to be there, they're relatively active. Um, in a in a world of privacy that we're building, to me LinkedIn is the biggest winner. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, I mean it appears that way. Okay, <laughs> it appears that way. Aren't they still going to have to
0: jump through some hoops just to ensure? Even though you put your data there, it's your data, and you have to you have to have the ability public, private, whatever it is. I mean, they have some of
1: those things. Well, it'll be interesting. You asked about the Haikyuu settlement. The yeah. HiQ settlement basically says they cannot claim control of your... It's you, they, Our data. They can't own the your fact data. that I am who I am and I have the job title that I have. Right. It is not theirs to control. So what will be interesting to me is do they just make everything private? Do you know? I mean... Because they could do that at this point, I would think. I don't know. Why wouldn't they? They don't, they don't need Google anymore, right? No. They don't need well, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. search so, traffic. So I don't know. It, Why wouldn't they?
0: It just makes sense. doesn't just make sense. Go ahead and make Why it a walled wouldn't. garden, a real walled garden. Because, I mean, they've pretty much shut Google out. Now, I guess for the one, most part. one
2: angle would be if they did that, then your LinkedIn profile wouldn't show up on Google when people searched. You know, PHP developers in Seattle or whatever. Right. So that they would suffer from that.
1: So for SEO purposes, it'd be interesting how how much it would affect them to just limit maybe one job title, one company. Yeah,
2: they could. You know, they could show Google an abbreviated profile, but then yeah. okay, they, they could just do make that. it available yeah. on Bing. Bing, yeah. <laughs> Bing and job boards are back, baby. Yeah.
0: All right, Bing, you're you gonna have do, to do use it, baby. Explorer. This is it. This is your one
2: chance. Do you have any take on uh, Google Hire shutting down? I was kind of bummed. We use
1: Google Hire. Well, oh, your company yeah. used. Yeah. Google Tell Hire. us about that. Really good. And Tell they us were, about that.
0: <laughs> no. It, Seriously. It was a good experience
1: it. for a company our size. Um, I don't, I mean, it was, we we vetted everything out there. We're pretty, you know, under 40 people. Uh, it always worked out well for us. It was easy to share information. The, the recruiter would. You know, your Google shop and your
0: Google shop already G Suite. Yeah. So yeah, G Suite. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Easy, so it was easy. Right? It
1: was easy, yeah. and and just it was easy for they took no training to share a candidate with a manager and walk them so through the why process. Why do you think they shut down? Feedback? Why do you think they're looking to shut down in a year? I don't know. I guess, like, this is cute to them. But it's just they have so much money that Cole, this whole the room, room <laughs> the biggest room in our industry, right, <laughs> it's is just kind of cute. Bitty yeah, this is their conference. cafeteria. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so, I don't know. Or I guess a washroom. Yeah, yeah, they just have so much money that that it's not worth. Do uh, well, you want it, to see if a, there are any questions? It's a, it's a very difficult space to understand. I mean, people try to yeah. simplify what we do, but there are so many layers and so, so many... So we're, so we're 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 I have some
2: insight in this, and I think you, you might have some in, insight as well. But what I, my understanding was they were using a third party to parse resumes within the system, and that the relationship with that vendor sort of went away, and Google couldn't parse resumes effectively enough to like provide as a service to hire. And my understanding is parsing jobs is a far easier thing than parsing resumes. Now, you guys deal with data and profile data all the time. Um, Does that make sense to you or no?
1: I don't know. Sean, is it easier or harder to parse resumes or
2: jobs? Profiles or resumes.
1: Little harder on resume. Little harder on the resume. Little hard harder on, resume. on the resume. I, so, do they shut down because of that? So, there's one vendor there were, there here were, that I, we uh, could uh, think for getting Google out of our space. That could be what you're saying. I don't think well, it's I don't,
2: just that. My I understanding there were three main reasons. Um, one was the the parsing of data. Two was um, the G Suite users. Uh, they only had they had less than five percent penetration of G Suite users, and the the customers they had were more or less small businesses that were a pain in the ass. So it was sort of a business decision to say, do we want to continue to sort of service these folks? Um, and then the third one was sort of the privacy issue because they ultimately wanted to build a LinkedIn competitor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can search your own resumes, but eventually they wanted to do like a web search where Bring you can search Google Plus. Web. Yeah, so, so <laughs> once GDPR and privacy happened, they were like, well, fuck it, we're not gonna be able to compete with LinkedIn because of that data is not yeah. ours so those three reasons sort of built the foundation for them to say like we're fucking out. And, you throw in, and you throw in which we talked anti-trust. about on the show was the antitrust yeah. issues of like do we want to be in court with every single country yeah. in the world for the next 25 years yeah. and, and they and said no we don't yeah. so we're
0: out not worth it might as well cut that limb off for little HR because search is where it's at Google for jobs my beer's out, so I'm done. So I'm going to go ahead. We're at time. I'm going to cut this off, and I want to give away some T-shirts. So if you guys want to pop up. Awesome. Awesome Chad and Cheese T-shirt. Feel free. Come get it. Thanks, guys. First Thank come, you, guys.
2: served. Thank Thanks, you, Jeremy. Jeremy. We out. Oh, we have Talru T-shirts, too.
1: Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here.
0: They made me say that.
1: The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com.